welcome to the finale of Yellow Jacket Season 2 Storytelling. And friends, I just have to say, the American family is crumbling. You try making a living in sectionals. This episode was written by Karen Kasuma and directed by Amani Rosa. My friends, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What do you have to say? I'm Allie. I knew you were going to choose that quote, first of all. <laughs> and do you Google... Do, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Let me start that over. Hi, I'm Allie. Do you Google yourself a lot? <laughs> uh, my overall thoughts is I'm very disappointed, but I'll go into that. We'll get there. <laughs> Hi, my name's Abby, and forgiveness is a nice idea. Forgiveness is a nice idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, Juliet, come back. Um, yeah, I liked this episode. I'm actually pretty neutral about this episode. I am really sad to see Juliet Lewis go. Um, we've talked about this. A lot of people were theorizing that Natalie was going to die because her story was finished. And I didn't believe that. I thought she was too valuable of a character. But then Christina Ricci posted something on her Instagram about heartbreaking goodbyes, and then she edited it and took that down. And then once the episode started, I was positive that Natalie mm-hmm. was going to die because we opened on young Nat's face. Um, and then once we got to the... Uh, also, Juliette Lewis did the previously on, and very typical in TV when they're going to kill off a major character, that character says the previously on for that episode. And she also had a longer moment in the credits. So putting all of that, those clues together, I was like, okay, fuck, Natalie's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the music in this one. Yes, me yep. too. God is alive, magic is afoot. Yes. I thought that was so cool while we were circling around Lottie, just losing her absolute mind. And Cranberry's zombie just a winner always. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I actually looked up that song because I had never heard it. The God is Alive. Magic Me neither. Is I was like, these lyrics are crazy. And then I realized it's a Leonard Cohen, mm-hmm. uh, Leonard Cohen poem. And then I was like, that makes so much sense because I love Leonard Cohen. There's another song that was used in a finale episode of TV before I played it for you. It's the um, Sarah McLaughlin sings Prayer of St. Francis and that's also... A poem or a prayer? I guess it's a prayer. But anyway, I like when things are turned into songs that weren't meant to be songs. It has a whole essence to it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Buffy, that song is sung by a woman named Buffy Buffy St. Francis. (laughs) Oh, Buffy Buffy St. Marie. (laughs) Yes. That was not lost on me. I was like, my girl Buffy. (laughs) Um, Actually, also speaking of Buffy, something that... um, they did when they killed off a major TV character was put them in the credits for the very first time only to kill them off that episode which is super fucked up but yeah they they mess with the credits they mess with all that kind of stuff when they're gonna kill a character they have to send them off with a a nice goodbye um I also think that the reason why they introduced Van older Van and brought on Lauren Ambrose was to replace Juliette Lewis Mm. Um, and I think now going into season three, we're going to be meeting other survivors. A lot of people are hoping to meet adult Aquila, which I would love, but I don't think Aquila's alive, but we'll see. Oh. What did you think of the episode, Abby? Um, I liked that it had a slow start. I don't like it when season finales just go hardcore 
oh. action from start to finish. See, I do. <laughs> I like that. Maybe that's why you didn't that's like it. That's why you said you were disappointed. Yeah. But I was like, no, this is a good... It feels almost like just like any other episode. Right, it I did. think it, it adds did. tension to it a little bit. I didn't like two things about it. Like, one, this thing about the hunt... I did not like how when they're hunting, they start, like, shouting and screaming. <laughs> like, they're, like, really wanting to kill that person. Like, animal. It was it was mm-hmm. wild how quickly they transitioned over to that um, state of being. You weren't yeah. here when we recorded episode eight. Did you feel like that was justified? Like, did you feel like they were successful in Lottie... Coming to the conclusion that, oh, we need to hunt. Obviously, now we know a little bit more about mm-hmm. how bad Lottie's, like, poor mental mm-hmm. state. It, how poor Lottie's mental state is. But, like, in that moment when we saw in the past them getting to the car drawing and then them being like, oh, yeah, somebody here needs to die, too, for the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they accomplished that? Well, I think they all came together for a reason. Yeah. I think it was, they set it up. Like, they really set it up to that it could have been so well. And I feel this way also about the whole season now. It's like, they had, it had so much potential, and it could have, like, done all these things, and you weren't sure which way it was going to go, and you're, like, so excited to know more. And then I thought they just, like, really sloppishly put it together. Like, or, like, dropped the ball in some way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I started feeling away even more with, with that, with the adult scene of just, like, okay, how do we all of a sudden get here, and why is... Lottie all of a sudden panicky, but they weren't giving us really enough information on what, on which, what was what, you know what I mean? Like, they still left it all vague, but then it almost kind of made it fall apart. I feel Mm -hmm. like that sometimes, but then I also am trusting the writers because I do think they've done a lot of good, um, seed planting and they are working in a larger like they're not they're not writing as if maybe we'll get canceled this season they're writing knowing that they have five seasons planned so i'm i'm trusting their process and and knowing that they have something bigger in mind that they're building up to so there are some things that i'm like hmm i wish they hadn't gone that direction like juliet lewis's uh, natalie dying um i don't know well i'm i'm I feel better about how they got to that place in the adult timeline, seeing how bad Lottie is and how Shauna and Misty and Natalie are humoring her and they're like trying to get Lottie somewhere where she is no longer a danger to herself and others. But then Van and Thaisa fuck that up. So it just... Yeah, which I feel like was also done kind of sloppishly. Like there wasn't really... It didn't make sense, and I, I'm hoping, like, what you're saying is right, that the writers really had the bigger perspective and all this stuff, but even if they did, they could have given us just, like, a little bit more, and it would have tied everything in. Like, why is Van all of a sudden, oh, we did this to Lottie, we, yeah, we have to do the whole sacrifice thing, like, what? You weren't even down to come to, you know, three but, hours ago. But when she saw Lottie, she was taken, she... I, I do think she's kind of a believer that there is something... The wilderness is an entity. Van, Van. Van is, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, we yeah. see... We, and we talked about it last week, how Liv Hewson... Which, uh, by the way, last week when we were talking about Liv Hewson, I said she, Liv Hewson, is non-binary. So I'm very sorry for that. Um, they were doing an interview 
where um, they were talking about Van's light diminishing and Van's fall to darkness, how Van started out as this like super bright, fun lover of storytelling. This episode is called Storytelling um, Person. And then Van just got darker and darker and darker. And we're seeing Van's darkness come come out and we're seeing how that plays out in older van later so we're seeing van get to this very very low point and now we see it reflected in this adult version of van who's dying and who maybe still believes a little bit that like maybe this will fix my cancer and i think that's like very much what um van's intention was here a lot of people hate van right now they're talking about oh van's the real villain fuck van like the yeah. way that she that Van sabotaged uh, their plans. It just it didn't make it that much sense to me. I feel like it would have made total sense if they just gave us a little bit more information or a scene that tied it all in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of like a little bit maybe more about why Van is doing this or even a conversation her because there was it was kind of a conversation with her and Taisa, but it still didn't really make any sense. Well, we also see Van, young Van, talking to Travis. That and... conversation made sense. That one I totally got. That's why I was having a hard time of like, okay, why did they make this storyline totally believable? And I totally get all this. And Travis's reaction, I thought it was done really well. All of that I got. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that way with the adult timeline. That, I think, is what I'm... I'm ultimately trying to say, too, is they obviously could do it with one timeline. What what happened here? I'm like, I guess they just didn't want to give away too much or whatever. I don't know, but it just felt not, like, complete. It felt like they rushed the last episode. It was like a, a long-term project you do at school, and then you're doing <laughs> yeah. such a good job and doing all this effort and all this effort and doing so good and so good, and then the last week you just, like, drop the ball and don't give a fuck and don't do anything. yeah. I think it's a timing and budget issue a lot of the time and dealing with the changes of not keeping Juliette Lewis on the on the cast because I think they had originally planned to keep Natalie the whole time. Maybe they didn't. Speaking of her death, I think it was kind of too coincidental that um, Misty killed her with a, a syringe and then they can claim it's overdose because Misty supposedly accidentally killed her. And it just so happened it was Natalie that she killed mm-hmm. with a syringe. Like, mm-hmm. what are the odds of that? Like, That's the other thing. Um, I I have this in my Natalie notes, so I don't know if we want to get into that now. Um, yeah, let's, let's circle back okay. to that because I have some thoughts on that too. Um, we, we received our very first email from, from a person named Maggie Mayhem. Um, by the way, write to us at waitwhatbuzz at gmail.com. Um, Maggie Mayhem made a prediction about Walter and how the finale would go. That was pretty much, um, pretty much some of it came true. Uh, I'm only reading a portion of her email, but this is what she sent us. Hello, Acolyte. I thought I would share some things. I had posited on the Facebook page that Walter is a bad dude. He has seemed suspicious, telling Misty he was looking for the Sherlock to his Moriarty. Moriarty was Sherlock's nemesis. Watson was his sidekick. But him drinking milk was the nail in the coffin. Hear me out. A clockwork orange, the bad guys drink milk. Hunters, which is a TV show. You watch that show. I love that show. Uh, The Nazis drink milk. And Glorious Bastards, the Nazis drink milk again. Yeah. No Country for Old Men, The Big Bad Drinks Milk, etc. Villains in movies and shows sometimes drink milk. It's a weird trope. 
Walter was drinking it out of a wine glass. That's certifiable theory for the finale. Oh, that's certifiable theory for the finale. The, <laughs> the adults decide not to trust Lottie on the tee. They draw cards. Shauna gets the queen, but Nat gets it. And that was sent to us like two weeks ago. So good job, Maggie Mayhem. You got it. <laughs> though that <clears throat> though that begs the question, is he a villain just in general, just like Misty's a villain? Or is he actually um, going against Misty, has ill intentions towards Misty, which I don't actually think he does. Yeah. I think anymore. he's just a villain. Yeah. I think like he just Misty. likes Misty and and um <clears throat> There's all. I saw some people saying, "Oh, uh, Walter is the, per, what is it? The pers. What's the city? Parsipian poisoner. What? It, what is this? What is the poisoner? It's on the. It was on the um, Reddit page from, pers. Whatever the city is called. You know the poisoner. Walter's the poisoner guy, potentially. Um, Abby, tell us a little bit about what therapy is going to look like today. Um, I'm going to go broad and I'm going to talk about the psychology of cannibalism and I want to hear thoughts on that okay i'm really intrigued about the psychology of cannibalism okay um so starting with the teen timeline we open with natalie walking back to the cabin after hobby's drowning zombie by the cranberries is playing she sees travis and and he's relieved to see her alive but it's short-lived because then we see the others carrying hobby in on a stick um natalie tells travis that the wilderness chose and (laughs) It's so, it's such a bummer because she's gone to the dark side now. She was so against all this stuff. And in the adult timeline, Nat insists that her and Travis were never, like never bought into any of this stuff. But we're seeing the complete opposite, which I did not expect to see any of this coming with Natalie. Um, And then we go up to Lottie, who is looking more lucid. Misty tells her what happened. Um, They're going to have a Javi Rancheros meal. (laughs) (laughs) Pause for laughter. Thank you. Um, <laughs> when did you come up with that joke? Today. <laughs> I love it. I've been seeing a lot of uh, different foods for hobby. Lottie's horrified. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I never wanted any of this. And then Misty reminds her that she's the one who started all of it. So mm-hmm. don't go making people feel bad about it now. And this is the Misty we don't see very often, but when we do, she's super powerful and she's in control and it's my favorite Misty. She's kind of scary. Um, she saves these moments of strength and leadership for when it's needed because, and then also like people don't listen to her very often. Right. And then Misty goes downstairs and she tells the others that Lottie is pleased and Javi will save us. And it's very much that sort of like twisting of the prophet's words to fit an agenda type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, I love this opening scene and just, I think Travis is a really good actor and we haven't like really said that, at least here on the podcast, but like he's really spot on. I, I think he, I don't know, he's really underrated, like the acting of that character, but it's really good. And I like how just the look on his face, he's so, you, so relieved. And this group has this, you know, ability, and I've said it like a bunch of times, to have like nonverbal communication with their eyes. And just, he's so happy to see Nat back, but he knows right away something's wrong before he even sees them mm. coming with the body, just by Nat's face. And then he goes like, what, what, you know, and she explained like the wilderness chose, all this stuff. So like, I don't know, I really enjoyed that scene and how it was shot, but he also, you know, didn't, didn't fight them on 
eating coffee. He knew it needed to be done. He talked to Van about it for a minute later, but I mean, still, he didn't he didn't fight on it. They're really good about writing aftermath on this show because I I found this very powerful and it made me cry and it hurt my heart and just as much as I found um, the scene after Shauna's baby dies, like when her she was doing her own funeral, I found both of those very very powerful just as much so, but in different ways, as the actual death scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think writing aftermath can be really difficult. A lot of the time, writers choose to skip that and, like, skip over, you know, a certain amount of time to, because that is really hard to write. So that kudos to them for accomplishing those feelings. Yeah. The teen actors are amazing. amazing. Extremely solid, every single one mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. I hope all and the best for all of them. Like, I, they're a really good... Bunch, Sophie like. Thatcher has a movie called Boogeyman coming out that I'm looking forward to watching. Um, I saw that. And I, maybe it's wrong to call them teen actors because they're young adults in real life. That's okay. They are <laughs> the, the teen timeline. Teen, the teen timeline. Yeah. So, you know, whatever feelings everyone is having about Javi here, it's clear that their hunger and desperation is more powerful than any regret or grief that they mm-hmm. may be feeling. I, you know... Um, so they, they get to work. Shauna goes outside with um, Sophie and... Sophie. <laughs> Sophie Thatcher, Natalie. Uh, Shauna goes outside with Natalie and Van and Thaisa. Is that who goes out to start deal with, like... with Javi? Yeah. Um, and I love this this moment where Shauna covers her eyes with her head wrap and, and she feels across Javi's chest and looks for the right place to cut him for the bleeding mm-hmm. um feels for the right place yeah feels for the right because <laughs> she can't see oh yeah um it just the way that they shot that and the way that it was both hands like it felt like a little kid who was like hiding and scared um oh i read that very differently yeah i think a few people have been reading that differently um i read it as uh I don't know, it just looked like a little girl <laughs> to me, but I'm sure it's deeper than that. Um, I really got the vibes of, like, she's instinctually doing all this. So she's just tuning out all her, you know, emotional, oh. human teen feelings and actually not being in any feelings and doing what a human needs to do and what a gifted butcher does and... Just does those, you know, instinctual, she could tell, okay, so this far from the nipple, this far up here, this are, and she's not thinking about largely what she was taught in, like, textbooks, per se. This is, like, you know, what humans did for a long time, and not just humans, but, like, you're getting a deer or a bear or your your game, you know what I mean? Like, she's always drawn on that, and they just know, Shauna go outside and then she brings back this beautiful play <laughs> that was you know in the hearts in the middle and all mm-hmm. these like little filet mignon hobbies and it's just you know she's actually really gifted and i i'm sure we'll talk about later but like i i feel for shauna like i feel like she's actually the one helping them all what no one else you know what i mean she says you guys should leave Because she knows, like, this is my job, this is my burden, this is my role. And, like, um, I think it's done beautifully and just very um, instinctual, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, I think she knows how to turn off her feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's part of why, I think that's part of the cover, covering her eyes. Yeah. It enables her to turn them off. Yeah, I mean, now when I hear you say that, like, I, like, oh, 100%, that's what it is. 
the shot itself still feels like something a little kid would do, but Shauna's intention behind that, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Because I feel like when I picture a kid covering their face, you're like, oh, oh you know, you're out yeah. of control, you're panicking, you're shivering, you're, oh, you can't deal with it, shutting everything out, more like what Ben's been doing, covering his eyes <laughs> and going to La La Land. She's mm-hmm. actually doing the exact opposite and being only present. She's doing what she needs to do to yeah, get so Yeah, so she's do, being 100% present and just, it is easier to feel veins with your eyes closed you know what I mean yeah. like little things of just following her instincts to help the situation so she comes in with this beautiful beautiful plate, plate. of hobby <laughs> meat, uh charcuterie hobby charcuterie um and she hands Travis Javi's heart uh, and Travis takes a bite of his raw heart to commence dinner it's fucking gross um it Travis like- is also playing with the wolf figurine that Javi carved, which was just fucking heartbreaking, mm. and he puts it on the fireplace mantle. Mm-hmm. And then they all throw their meat on the grill for the cookout. Um, I do like that they were all polite. I don't know if polite's the, the right word, but they all waited and let Travis take the first bite before mm-hmm. they really drove in, dove mm-hmm. in. Yeah. <sighs> it was hard to rewatch, but it almost seemed like he, like... Because he didn't just devour the heart. It's almost like he bit... Like a ceremonial bite. Yeah, yeah. and like bit one of the... What is it called? A ventricles. And then like slurped a little blood. <laughs> and then fr- put on the frying pan. It's like, you know God, what I mean? Like, so who, how much flesh did he actually have there? Did he just like drink a little bit of blood? And maybe um, he'll ha- have like... Oh, well, we know later he dies. But maybe he'll, he doesn't have wrinkles. <laughs> you know like <laughs> the fountain of youth yeah yeah my little brother's heart there's this guy that's been going viral he's like a billionaire who's like 45 or something who has gone viral because he spends two million dollars a year on um not aging and part of what he does is get blood transfusions from his teenage son. oh i saw that i what? saw that i forgot all about that oh my god i didn't that think to bizarre. draw those lines but yeah i saw that um uh, I do agree that it's ceremonial, him biting first. It's almost like, okay, it's okay. It's like, if yeah. I can do this, you can He's do... He's inviting the rest of them yes. to survive. Well, yeah. And they've always, like, thanked... Like, when they first killed the bear, they thanked the bear or whatever. Like, it's almost like that, like, respect yeah. also to Javi himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis and Shauna have both just lost so much out there, more than anybody else. You know, Travis mm-hmm. lost his dad and his brother now. Shauna, her best friend, and her baby... I would love to see them connect with their grief and their trauma. And we haven't really seen them connect or really talk. I don't think we've had any interactions between them. Yeah. Other than, like, in groups. So after Misty gets Lottie to eat, um, and everyone else eats, Lottie comes out of the room. Everyone is resting with their full bellies. Sean is actually the first one to notice uh, Lottie come back out. And then everybody gets up and goes to her, and they're happy that she's back and she's okay. They eat some more. They're all sitting around the fireplace, and Akila asks Van for a story. And she starts to tell the story of the wilderness, but Lottie cuts her off, Says, and Lottie says that she never really wanted to be in charge. She just knew how to listen. She can't hear it anymore, so she transfers the power over to Natalie. And everybody submits. And then as Lottie is giving her speech about, you know, somebody else should be in charge, uh, Misty and Shauna and Ty, they all sort of, like, sit up and stand up. Like, they're expecting Lottie to pick them to be the leaders. Well, I just, I know what you meant by when you said transfer the power to Natalie, but I I just want to be clear that it's not like she transferred 
her powers to Natalie. She can't connect anymore. So she thinks that the wilderness chose Natalie. Correct? I think that Lottie is overwhelmed by the choices that they made under her guidance. And it's too much for her. And so she... Yes, she's saying that she can't hear it anymore. But she also doesn't want the weight of all of this stuff being on her shoulders and the like what they did to Javi. She didn't want them to do that to Javi. It's not what she told them to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she also had her own, again, another near-death experience to where there's a very good possibility she doesn't hear the wilderness anymore and it's not communicating with her anymore at that time there's nothing when she left almost for her freezes. To, yeah there's nothing left for her to um no when Shauna beats the shit out of her oh like that you know what I mean like we don't see a scene of her near-death experience like she's not getting messages but I'm just saying like she was legitimately almost close to death right mm-hmm. um but she's not getting messages so she's saying so I yeah I don't know I've honestly I wrote that um you know basically I feel like the writing was a little bit... That's also where it got a little bit sloppy. I feel like they should have explained more the about Lottie either not hearing it or, like you're saying, being just overwhelmed and not dealing with it. It didn't really make much sense for it to be Natalie to me. I would be pissed if I was Shauna. I just fed you all. <laughs> yeah, why... So it, um, Lottie says Natalie was always its favorite, but when I yeah. think back everything that's happened in this season she doubted it for so long like i don't understand yeah what is how how does that's those are the questions right those are the questions coming out of this so we don't know it just it didn't really align it's it's completely surprised and threw me that they made natalie this person Mm -hmm. and then what does it mean about natalie that she accepted it like where's her mentality at that like everything that we know about Talk about ghosts. <laughs> ghost. Um, what was that? It was, it was the fork falling uh, or the whatever was in there. The ghost is hungry. Um, yeah. Everything we know about Natalie says that she wants nothing to do with any of that. And I would yeah. think that Javi dying that way would ground her in that belief that this is wrong and the wrong way to do things but I guess she's so grateful that she didn't die to have her life that she is choosing to believe in that now it doesn't make any sense for everything they've lined up for Natalie in the past either and how like you said how they said oh me and Travis never believed in that stuff that's what they showed us before but I also think it's the smart choice if Natalie is thinking this far ahead to accept the power and to lead them in a better direction understand why people and this might be a discussion for later but i put it in the young natalie notes of why do people think she's antler queen now i know i don't think that means yeah Yeah. i I agree i don't think that means that she's antler queen just because she's in charge no we don't even we we created we the fan base created the name antler queen the writers have that how there is no credited antler queen anywhere in the writing that is not the name that they choose and that is not even a title that we know exists it was just somebody wearing the antler garb and and leading the group through their cannibalistic ritual. I don't think that means that Natalie is the antler queen just because she's in charge. 
Because some people are saying, like, oh, she's always been trapped on the plane. That was actually her. Because the Natalie, young Natalie to old Natalie was like, we've been here for years. People are like, oh, that means she's Alan Queen. I'm like, but how? So I don't really know. I know. I'm going to have to go dig into the Facebook groups (laughs) to ask. I do believe that Natalie seems to be the most grounded in reality the most emotionally in tune with others. Yeah. In the adult um, timeline or teen timeline? Teen timeline. Teen timeline, yeah. She did Even in the adult her. timeline, I think. She's just a little bit more broken. Mm-hmm. So I can see Natalie being a good leader in the sense that she's more emotionally stable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it just didn't make that much sense, the things that Lottie said. Exactly, it didn't really connect all the dots for me and the stuff they've shown us already i'm like what this almost seems opposite but i don't know i did think this scene was cute (laughs) i liked the music that played i loved sophie's performance and the range of emotions on her face and the range of emotions on uh sophie and elisa's shauna's face um i loved each version of them like submitting and bowing and like misty did the cute theater bow van just like had her touch her face and lean into it. Like, I loved that. I, and like, Travis, which is Travis on her hot. chest. That yeah. was hot. <laughs> that was hot. <laughs> that was a hot moment. Um, so before we move on from them, which we ha- I'll, I will touch on the teens a little bit more at the end um, when we get to the fire. But we have this conversation between Van and Travis. Travis tells Van that she should be ashamed of what she did. And she's not because she lived. And that's all that matters to her is that she is surviving. And like I was saying, this reminds me of the interview that Liv gave where they're tracing the light dimming in Van and the darkness that's starting to take over her. Van tells Travis that... Van tells Travis to let his brother save him and let it be worth something. She says, don't you owe him at least that. And then just Shauna, um, right, right at the end, she's writing in her journal, expressing her jealousy that she's not... The queen, why didn't they pick her after all she did, just like you yeah. said. Um, Shauna being jealous is so teenager. And then I also love that, no, it's not. I would feel the same way at this age, ripe old age. Um, <laughs> you just I, cut up a body for the, yeah, well, no, she didn't have to cut the first everything. time. But still, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. She's very observant, Shauna. She just sits and listens a lot. Mm-hmm. She's also the front one who notices the fire first because she's upstairs writing in her journal. I love that she takes the time to save the journals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I just put, for Shauna, like, I actually understand, for once, I understand her more than everybody else. I feel for her, I think, probably the most in this episode. Uh, Teenage Shauna, not adult Shauna. But I just feel like she's really underappreciated. Hmm. For all she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're almost like, oh, yeah, this is your job, Shauna. Like, who the fuck said so? Well, because I can get <laughs> me. Like, what the fuck? You That's know. That's how she is as an adult as well, though, underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Well, or, like, I don't like her like, as an adult. In a housewife role. Yeah. She's always limited to her role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. That makes sense. That's all I have for the teens. I didn't really have much yeah. fun besides the fire at the end. Let's uh, wiggle on over to the adult timeline. Okay. Oh, can well, I just say Kaisa knocking down the 
fire door is very gay. Yeah, the end did it too. We're gonna talk yeah. about fire oh. at the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, get the lesbians because we still we still have. Um, I still want to talk about Ben, and but I want to do that with the fire. <laughs> okay, so Ben fire at the end. Yeah, let's do adults then. Okay, so when we open with the adult timeline, Lottie. To me, I read this as her being ready to take one for the team, and she just goes right for the pheno shot, uh, but the others stop her. Why does everybody have phenobarbital? Why? Everyone. Everyone has it. Walter has it. Misty has... I don't know if Misty has fentanyl or pheno, but, like, everyone has it. fentanyl. Um, yeah, I don't understand that. It's a cult thing. Everyone's just... Walter's not in the cult. No, but he knows he's going to a cult. But he's the parsippity, whatever the fuck, poisoner. (laughs) Um, anyway. So... All of them are stalling and placating Lottie. They're saying, oh, you know, we need to do it the way we used to do it. We need to have a hunt. We need to have our cards and our masks. And so they all go off to prep um, with uh, Misty and Shauna. All, you know, Lottie leaves to go prep. And then, like, they're like, okay, we're not actually going to do this, are we? So they, like, set up to have a psych team, come and get Lottie. Um, But then... What we find out later is Van was not on board with this plan, and she talks Thaisa out of it. They call off the psych team. Uh, it's really tragic and sad to see that the, the toll that this has all taken on Lottie, especially compared to what's going on in the team timeline when we see her dealing with the weight of everyone, putting all their actions on her, and then they're doing it for Lottie. Um, then we see... I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll be... I'll, 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 I'll. I'm just going through it, so if you have things to say, go. It's just, like, I don't feel... I get that they're trying to, like, a lot was on Lottie, but the way the adult van is just all of a sudden, you know, we made her like this, call off the help, we need to do this, like, it makes no sense to me. I think Van wants the sacrifice to happen because I think she wants her life fixed. I think she's just saying that. Yeah. And then at the end, we get a clue, we get a hint that maybe that's what happens because when Lottie yeah, is like, yeah, like yeah. you'll see, you'll see. Yeah, I think that's what Van wanted. Yeah. But I did find it interesting that Shauna was the one to be like, yeah, you maybe you're right. So she actually does convince Lottie we can do this. Although maybe if she didn't, who knows, they would have, maybe Van would have. But she's the one to go along with it, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Until they see that she's like, well, what am I supposed to, you know, that She's trying look. to get Lottie mm-hmm. out of there, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, she's the one that draws the queen later. Shauna. Yeah, so I thought that was... But in the, and when it comes to that time, she's the most anxious. She's like, can I shuffle it again? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, where's the help? Where's that side team? You know, she's like, what the fuck, yeah. man? Um, so, yeah, I actually feel... Finally kind of feel bad for Shauna, even though <laughs> she's, like, my most hated character. I think it's so out there to think that, like feeding the wilderness would fix all their problems, even if it is a supernatural entity. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like in the wilderness, when someone would die, things would just get better. They lost their house. Maybe they would feel full, yeah. Maybe they'd feel full for a while, but that doesn't mean... To me, it just doesn't seem like there's a good supernatural explanation for feeding the wilderness. I agree. And then the other part that is confusing is at some point, maybe you can help me because I can't remember who said it, something happens if you refuse the draw. 
Yeah, they didn't tell us what that... She said, you know what happens if you it, and so we don't know what actually happens. They all supposedly know what happens. I, t- I think this is all just tense for season three. Um, yeah. Lottie says that to Thaisa. So I actually have this in my notes. Okay. I'll, I'm going to catch us up there in a second. Okay. Um, so... Misty breaks into Lottie's office to get back the... Get her phone back, and that's where she reunites <laughs> with Walter. Yeah. Um, and then... Van and Thaisa call up the psych team. Natalie hides a knife in her jacket. Um, we're seeing, you know, them doing all the prep. Shauna is doing something with knives. To me, it looked like she was doling the knife because then when she drew yeah. it across her thumb, it didn't cut her. So that's what I thought. She was doling the knife up, right? Or That's what I caught the first time. And then that's also why Natalie gets her own knife. Mm. Yeah. And doesn't get a knife from one else and puts it up her sleeve. So that's what I caught. Is she... I was trying to figure out what was going on with the knife with Natalie, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think she was doing them as well. So they start. Um, Thaisa asks again if this is what they really should be doing. And then Lottie says, are you refusing the draw? You know what happens when you refuse the, the draw. And I saw Dark Ty come on at this time. She t- Dark Ty does that thing where she tilts her head and gets that smile on her face. Mm-hmm. And to me, it looked like Dark Ty came mm. out, her and Van exchanged a look, so I think Van knows that that's Dark Tie. Um, okay. So, yeah, I took that as uh, something that we're going to see more of in Season 3 as they define the rules of the ritual. And then when Shauna does eventually pull the queen, everyone shifts into hunter mode without hesitation. They go and they put their masks on. Ty still holds a knife in front of her, like, in this, like, scary, scary, scary... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> scary serial strangers, like the strangers scary movie. Have you seen mm-hmm. that movie? That's what that reminded me of. Um and then Lottie says Lottie's like the way Lottie describes it, you can either choose to submit and just let them kill you right there, or you can run and be hunted. And I think that's more of like what we're gonna see defined in season three. And Sean says, You know there was no it, right? It was just us. And then Lottie says, Yeah, but is there a difference? Like, it had so much, it had so much potential, and it kind of, like, they kind of gave us a little bit. Like, you said, like, you know, does it make it different? Like, they left these little breadcrumbs, but it's just, like, it still felt like a letdown. There was still some gaps missing of some sort, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what I wanted. It's time. They were missing time. Yeah, and it's just, like, what? But, you know, maybe, like you said, it's the bigger scope, and it's going to get better, um you know, all in the next seasons and everything. Like, they're just left, like, all the setup for season three. But it dealt so much with the question of, is this supernatural or not? Their actions and why they're taking them. Yeah. But then it never answered any of them. Yeah. So there wasn't much revealed in this last episode to feel like, Oh, this we is got a finale where we got something out of it. That's how I feel this, what this whole season has done, is just continue to walk this line of supernatural mm-hmm. or trauma. And I go back and forth yeah. all the time. Like, I think it makes for a more interesting show if it's supernatural. But, you know, in the moment where Lottie is being loaded up after everything that happened and Ty's like, oh, we'll come visit you. All I see is trauma there. And, you know, a very sick person mm-hmm. who needs help. Um, but, so, Shauna runs off, and they go after her. Callie's the one who saves her. She's got the gun, um, and she shoots Lottie in the arm. And while Van and Misty are taking care of Lottie, 
She talks about the wilderness, how it's still with them behind all of the chaos of their lives. Vans, light, uh, Shauna killing Adam, Misty killing lots of people. Um, and then Natty's like, will you ever just shut up? And she like goes to attack Lottie and then Lisa shows up, which I called. Yes. Natalie was going to die saving Lisa. Um, Lisa, Misty like tries to stop Lisa and she goes for her with the needle and that's when it goes into Natalie and Nat dies. Um, well, she's dying and she's on the plane. We hear the others like panicking in the background. Ty's like, oh, call an ambulance. Sean says, we don't have our fucking phones. And the only thing I can think of is that Callie definitely has her phone. You know, it's so someone has their phone. Misty got her phone, but her phone was de- almost dead. Um, it, it really doesn't matter since the police were already on their way anyway. Yeah. Um, and then... Like we were saying, Lottie is like, oh, we gave it... Lottie is, like, being taken away by the ambulance. And Mm -hmm. she's like, we gave it what it wanted. It's pleased with us. And she looks right at Van and she says, you'll see. So, yeah, I think, like, that's what Van wanted this whole time is... Now that she knew that it was possible and all of this was starting, I think Van's like, maybe this can fix me. Well, when did she know it was possible? Because that's what I think I'm missing. I'm I'm wanting a scene when that shift with happened. adult yeah with adult van going from why did you guys do kill each other's lovers and bury mm-hmm. she went from so confused and so left out to all of a sudden so gung ho and technically only Ty knows she has cancer. It makes no sense. There should have been a scene of. Or maybe there was a scene and they had to cut it. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, maybe they could Of her being like, you know what, guys? Yeah, I'm about to die. And this is why, I, you know what? I got saved so many times out in the wild because of believing this. And I'm all for, you know, something. Something to sh- the shift for Van. I think that's what I'm missing of just like, I get if she got there. And I get where she was before. But when did that happen? Yeah. Because we never saw that. Her younger self in a scene as a teen said something along those lines. Like yeah. I have survived this and this and this and for what purpose or to what find is my the purpose? purpose? Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're supposed to be taking what's happening with young Van to applying it to, to older what, Van. To old Van. But I hear you because to she's still funny and like like she still looks at the world through a funny lens, you mm-hmm. know, and comments in a funny way. Up until this last episode where she shifts totally into that darkness. But we also see her in the past teen timeline where she goes from van to shifting into, mm-hmm. you know, hunting van. So that's in yeah, her. Yeah, but all of them have that shift yeah. too. Yeah. It's a very, like, instinctual thing. I feel like they're making it, you know, and they put the masks on and they do, you know, I they're do starving. Think, I do think we start to see van as more of a leader in that shift though. Like, like mm-hmm. van is one of the first to shift and to... Go, yeah, 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 yeah. C- propel the rest forward on the hunt. Um, Sorry. Yeah, she really goes in and out, I think, of believing and not. Because she had that shock when she didn't want to go to the cult. She she seemed to be a believer when she saw Lottie, like, shook by her, but then kind of was like, let's call a psych team. So yeah. she goes totally in and out, I think. It, of, that's what... Yeah, I needed just a little more explanation or something about that because it just wasn't like. Lots of people are struggling with Van. Yeah, so you're not alone in feeling. But like you said, maybe they added her, and then like next season we're gonna find out a bunch more about her and like all the timeline of her, you know, all that. So I get it; they could be setting it up for that, but like it's frustrating. 
Something, yeah. I, I was just thinking, I just want to say one more time that I don't think I said before, is that now that I'm thinking about it and we're talking about it, this does remind me of season two of Dark, but that was very much a three-parter and would end as a three-parter, because it's like three, 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 three is the whole thing about it, but season two is almost, it felt, I feel like the same, almost like that cl- cliffhanger, but also not fulfilled enough. Uh-huh. And not cliffhanger of like, oh, I want more. More of like, oh, this is the ending you're giving me. But because they had it set up for the magnificent, wonderful masterpiece <laughs> that is season three of Dark. <laughs> I love it. Just oh. trust the process. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying, now that we're talking about, because I went into this podcast, and I, I fucking hate this episode. I'm going to tell them how much I hate this episode. But now I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it's like dark and, you know, I have to just trust the process. Yeah. But that was giving me all timeline vibes and this, I've almost lost my timeline vibes of like uh, alternate timelines happening at the same time. I'm still not, I don't feel that as much with this show anymore. Again, I, I feel for Lottie, she's so broken and unstable. I think Simone Kessel's performance was really good. I was... Not, like I said, like, these last two episodes I really came on board with Simone. Like, before I was like, okay, whatever. Like, she doesn't feel like Lottie to me. Young Lottie's played by Courtney Eaton, and Courtney Eaton has this, like, real softness about her that I don't see in Simone. But I loved her performance here, nonetheless. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but something that confused me is before the ritual... Lottie goes into her office and she notices the broken cabinet that Misty broke into. And she just kind of like plays with the lock and smiles like she's happy that it happened. Yeah. And I don't get it. Like, what did that mean? I saw that too. Like, that's when I'm like, was there a deleted scene? Like, is she I happy honestly, that someone's going to get the gun? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I honestly feel like there has to be some deleted scenes in this because there was so much implied and then not... Like, it was so much implied and set up, and then it didn't no follow through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, exactly that scene. That's a perfect example of, like, okay, that obviously was implied something, that she smiled, and then the next thing we see, she just walks out all manic, ready to do it. And I'm like, that that makes no sense right there. Yeah. So, yeah, was she just happy that someone got in, and she knew, oh, there's, there's yeah, there's the gun, and someone's going to die, or there was one of their knife in there. I don't understand. Because, really, all Missy took was her phone, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, what the fuck? I don't, like, you know what Do I mean? you think that would, like, clue Lottie in that they're working against her, and she'd be, like, not happy to see that? It was just weird. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't get it. I think it doesn't necessarily mean they're working against her. It means that they're maybe just getting ready for the hunt. But, Which is what she wants. But that, maybe. But, like, that's where the phones are kept. And, I don't know. Again, it's just, like, there's no... It's just... Because the gun wasn't from there. No one actually got anything from there, but Misty got her phones. Like, uh, well, that's know. where Lisa got the gun, I'm assuming. The shotgun was locked in that cabinet. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't catch all that. They show it to us in another episode. Yeah, 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 that that's yeah. where the okay, shotgun is kept. Um... <sighs> So, Walter is uh, singing Send in the Cloud while mm. making his phenobarbital hot chocolate. Um, I don't get why Kevin didn't pick up on Walter's creepy behavior. Like, Oh, I thought he did so well. Don't drink things that strangers give you, especially <laughs> from a cult. You didn't even see him pour it, Kevin. Like, Kevin. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
I was super disappointed. It was not pedo cop. It should have been pedo cop. That would have been great. It would have been better. Um, R.I.P. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin with a Y. Kevin with a you Y. Were, you were a good one. I'm glad Natalie didn't have to see him dead because she would have felt even more worse and felt even yeah. more guilt. Um, I, yes, I'm, I wish it would have been pedo cop too who died, but I'm also enjoying seeing him struggle with true. what Walter is setting him true, up for. True, true, true. And it's setting him up, this is what's annoying to me, is it's setting him up to continue to be an antagonist for Shauna and the Sadeki family when I just want all of that cop shit done because none of that is interesting to me whatsoever. It's not fresh plot. It's shit I've seen again and again in TV show and it just feels like cheap, boring, convenient writing and I don't want to see anything to do with the cops ever again. But now I know Sadeki is good or fucking pedo cop is going to continue to be in the show gonna harass Callie. Callie's probably gonna kill him. Ooh. I just want him gone. Um, yeah, Walter didn't fix things that much. I don't, I don't even get how he fixed things. I'm that like was very still fast. Super fast. It was super fast. Yeah. yeah. You can either do this or you can do this. And either way, you're fucked. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because he took his gun. He took uh, Syracuse's gun and fired those shots into... Um, Kevin's body. So that was in the trunk. Yeah. So his bullets are in Kevin's body, and cops have to account for every bullet that's shot. They're gonna know those bullets were his, and so he's like, "You had to kill him because Kevin was in on the whole Adam Martin thing." So he's you know taking the heat off of the Sadekis and Misty, and making this something that they all have to deal with among themselves as cops. Yeah, like he kind of um, saved the day, but also just like Sadeki's gonna. I don't know, Sadeki's Syracuse is gonna be fucking with them now because of it. I Even yeah, more so. I don't... It almost seemed, like, forced and unnecessary. Like, Walter's whole... I'm disappointed like, there was no payoff with the head plate. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll learn one day. Maybe. Um, It just felt, like, really pushed and almost, like, then also unnecessary at the same time. But that's how I feel about the whole... Sean and the cops. Thing yeah, anyway, it's a, so it yeah. just needs to go. I did like um, Elijah, Elijah Wood's performance a lot. Um, Walter and Misty are always acting like they're always like putting on a little performance, a little oh, smile, and just like manipulating people. I love it. Um, when Jeff walks in and he's talking with Kevin <laughs> and he's like, you know, ready to confess or like turn himself in for he Shauna. does confess. Yeah, yeah. Turn he turns himself in for Shauna, but the whole time. Elijah Wood is just watching Kevin with a big smile on his face, just waiting for him to die. Like, he literally, he's facing away from Jeff and just facing Kevin with his eyes, like, so lit up, like, when are you going to fall? When are you going to fall? Like, it was wow. just, oh, so, so good. Surprisingly fast acting. <laughs> <laughs> I transcend myself whenever Elijah Wood is on he's great. screen. Yeah. It's like, I'm not even in the show anymore. I'm, I know. I'm watching something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frodo is yeah. handsome in my age on TV. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I love that Sweeney Todd song. Send in the clowns. No, yeah. no, 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 oh. no. Not oh, from episode eight, not while I'm running. Yeah, then in the clowns. Oh, from... I keep thinking of episode eight because I never was here for that. Yeah, you watched my back. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do Jeff. Um, so we when we see Jeff, uh, him and Callie are on their way to the Sunshine Honey. Um, Jeff tells Callie how hard it is to disappear. You can't Google yourself or at your favorite takeout. How often <laughs> do you Google yourself? Yeah, <laughs> do you Google yourself uh, often? How often do you guys Google yourself? I've never Googled myself in my never? life. Never? No. What is there supposed to be? Stuff. 
Sometimes your address is on there. I mean, my last name is Lee. Well, it used to be Lee. I know had there's so many people that pop up when I Google. There's myself. a lot of Lees in the world. Yeah, like it was not. Sometimes I Google myself. Usually when I have a crush, I Google myself because I know they're gonna Google me. So I'm like, what are <laughs> you gonna see? <laughs> I never thought about that. It's because you've been married forever. <laughs> oh. I try to avoid googling myself. No, I want to do, do it. it like once every Wait till the pod six is months. over. <laughs> once every six months. Um, if you want to get more specific, type in your name and then your hometown or where you live, and you more info will probably pop up. Since your name is more common. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do your legal name or do you do like your short name? Whatever you, you'd be normally listed under. What do you mean listed? Listed where? <laughs> in the fucking yellow pages? <laughs> the public record. Like there's probably a teacher profile for you when no. you Google yourself. From what? For I've only school. ever worked Your job doesn't have a website that explains who the teachers are? Yeah, but it doesn't have like. But your name will. If name. you Google. Okay, I'm sorry. This is different. I'm um, just confused. Okay, anyway. So, Callie finds out about the gun. She's like, oh, there's a gun. And Jeff's like, forget you heard that. But we know Callie gets the gun. Um, I don't know how Jeff didn't notice he was being followed. Like, they're literally directly behind him. They they suck at tailing. Oh, do you think you saw us? <laughs> I hate these Keep thoughts. your head on a swivel, people. <laughs> like, look around. Know who's behind you. Know who's next to you. Know who's across the street. Head on a swivel. Survive. I've never heard anyone say keep your head on a swivel. What? That's hilarious. (laughs) Survival 101. You poor homeschool child. (laughs) Oh my god. That's like what our parents tell us when you walk out the front door to go get on BART, you know? Keep your head on a swivel. Oh my my god. My mom is always so many things. My mom's thing is look out for the other guy. Always watch out for the other guy. That's a good one. What does she mean by that? The underdog, you know? You always gotta look out for... Not the underdog. Oh, I, oh, I took that differently. <laughs> like, like you may have you. You may be driving safe. You may be, like, you know, like, doing safe things. Watch out for the other guy. He's not driving safe. He's probably... Okay, I get it. So not yeah. your guy. Not you as the guy. Yeah. The other well, guy. Other, other people are the ones who are gonna fuck you up and get you hurt. Watch mm. out for them. Keep an eye on those people. So basically, keep your head on a swivel. Head on a swivel. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we saying? <laughs> And you also need to have that I'm not the one face. That, like, don't fuck with me face. Like, what? Like, I'm not the one. You can't steal my purse. I won't let you. You know, like. Got it. Life I'm not skills. The one, I'm not the one face. Yeah. Life skills, yeah. man. It's actually, there's actually, like, they, like, do interviews with, like, uh, people who steal from people and who rob people. And they're like, what do you look for in a victim? And it's in the way that you walk. Like, if you have a confident walk and you look like you're going somewhere and you are looking around and you're looking at people as they walk by you, they won't fuck with you. But if you've got your head down or your head in your phone or you walk in slow like you don't know where you're going, you're more likely to get fucked with. I just make a lot of eye contact. It seems to make everybody really uncomfortable. Yeah. Or you meet some cool people and they're like, hey, you got a lighter? Mm-hmm. Try to smoke this joint? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 what's up, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> I make a lot of eye contact with people. Yeah, I do too. I, I, it helps. Yeah. I remember just be, like being a kid and reading books and like being like, oh, we made eye contact. I'm, like, I'm going to start making eye contact with people. Okay. Um, this creepy girl. <laughs> <She's> like, hey, everybody. <laughs> it reminds me of Misty. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I've got a little Misty in me, for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then um, Jeff turns himself in. <laughs> but I think that's a really bad idea because Shauna, I mean, Callie is way better off with Jeff than Shauna. Like, 
as a dad, he should yeah. be like, I love Shauna. I want to protect my wife, but Callie comes first, and I'm better for Callie than Shauna is. You would think. Mm-hmm. You would think. Both of them have terrible parenting skills, so. Yeah. And they're super probably codependent and know all this shit about each other. It's just, it's toxic. I'm really over them. <laughs> like, but then again, probably the Walter and Jeff scene was the only scene in this episode I even enjoyed. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm over the storyline of the Sadekis. I know. They need to move on from that. And I was hoping they would, but I feel like now we're just going to keep dealing with the keep cops. Keep going. It's kind of like the season finale of Beef. That's what should have happened. I love the season finale Where the of dad Beef. was, like, sent in an order, like, I'm taking the daughter because the mom is a psychopath. Callie has this, like, interaction. Interaction. <laughs> interaction. <laughs> I wonder what that is. That's what you really want? <laughs> it's an interaction. Wait till I read the sentence that it was. Callie has this interaction. Interaction. <laughs> She's sitting there. Interaction. Season finale. Callie has an interaction with Pedo Cop. Oh. She's got the gun behind her back. She clicks the gun. An audible click. I don't understand. Cop gets the call from Walter, gets called away. I do think Callie's going to eventually kill um, Syracuse because, you know, after she shoots Lottie in the arm, uh, Lottie's not even concerned with her arm. She's focused on Callie. She's like, is that your daughter? She's so She's powerful. so powerful. Really, like, reminds me of, you know, Shauna's baby from the wilderness and, like, the way she was weird with that baby and, like, acted like that baby was, was her uh, it must be absolutely wild for Callie to see all these people who she's only kind of heard about and she doesn't know anything about them, but she sees like a glimpse into like what her mom's crazy ass life was like. All these crazy ass middle aged women with masks on hunting each other and like calling out like animals. Um, and so the way Lottie was so captivated by Callie, I think Callie's gonna play a bigger role in the future seasons. I think Callie might be Pit Girl, depending on what timeline. That winds up being in, um... Whoa. I did not even think it was possible for that to be in the present timeline. It could be. I think they could be tricking us. We'll see. Um, and then at the end, when the cops are there and, like, everything's getting all wrapped up, uh, Callie gets a smile on her face. And Shauna sees it. And it's like she is excited by all of the violence and all the shit that went down. I'm interested to see how they're gonna tie, like, in the future, how Callie... And, like, I guess Lisa, too, are going to be tied into all this. Like, they saw all this shit go down. <laughs> that shit with Lisa was so stupid. I don't want to so see dumb. I don't want to see Lisa again. I don't, she, but I don't, what are they going to do She came out, her? and then like, as, soon as, uh, as soon as Natalie got stabbed with the needle, she scampered away. Like, that was it. Yeah, that she was no just sense. She was just there to, like, make the plot move. It yeah, was so it annoying. it was weird. Yeah, the whole thing felt really forced. And, yeah, Derek said, make the plot move and just... Not the best sleeve done. I don't know. Yeah. But I do like her acting. And then we have these, like, final moments with Natalie. Another thing that... Another thing that TV shows do... Another thing that TV shows do when they're going to kill off a main character is, like, they give them these conversations. Like, these, like, you know, special conversations. Like, the one she had with Lisa, where she's like, thank you for teaching me about forgiveness. It's a nice idea. Um... Mm -hmm. I don't think Natalie could ever forgive herself, and I feel really awful for her. I just want to hug her and bring her hot chocolate. Um, And like you were saying, I hate that they wrote it off as just a drug overdose. Like, all of that work that Natalie did, how far she came. And they're saying that 
you know, Natalie's story was complete and that's why she was gone. So they just kill her off and label it a drug overdose. But I mean, they didn't just label it drug overdose. It's what the cover up is. I know. It's, it's so, so convenient, I think it's very though. full circle. That part I didn't have a problem with. I didn't, I thought, okay, that was nicely done. Of like, well, that's, you know, who had the drug problem out of all of them. It is oddly convenient that of all people, that's who gets the fit. And it's all. and it's, but, con- it's it is convenient, and they had to make it that so that they don't look guilty. You know, like they have to cover it up. But it is it's just a shame for Natalie that she yeah. was not drinking with them she wasn't partying with them she wasn't doing anything Mm -hmm. and now she's just another junkie who died of a drug overdose yeah yeah it's overly convenient for an accidental death i find it really disappointing that travis wasn't on the plane Mm -hmm. with natalie oh god her entire two season run on this show was about her pain over travis and the unfinished business she felt in her relationship with travis why was Lottie there? I hated the I, way they I did liked that. that. I'm fine with the fact that young mm-hmm. Natalie was there, and I'm fine with the yeah. fact that Javi was there because yeah. those char- th- that's important. But why the fuck was Lottie there? Lottie's yeah. alive. Made she no didn't sense. even believe in any of that shit. She did the breathing technique she did with Travis. It made absolutely no sense. It should have been Travis. Travis should have been there, even if they did the young version of him versus. It should have been the young version. Whatever. Of him. But you know what I mean? It made absolutely no sense. Even if Lottie was there too. She should have been off like lurking in the shadows or something. Uh-huh, not uh-huh. there. It was just so stupid. I and then scared. Natalie say, saying like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I just, yeah, talk to me. Talk to me. You, you know, um, you know more about this kind of stuff. The I'm not supposed to be here. That That's okay. Like, that didn't bother me that much. Um, I do like that they use the... Airplane is like the in between, um, but yeah, I was very annoyed that Lottie was there. That was not done if they were, if they were going to use it correctly, the space correctly. I feel like um, then it should not have been. It made it would have made more sense if like Laura Lee was there, Jackie was there, all the people we know who have died. Even Jackie, over Lottie. yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. Anybody At least something. But then it was interesting that we've been here for years, and then it, so it's. Mm, I'm like, is is Lottie dead? Is somebody else pretending to be Lottie? Like, yeah, like it's just like I didn't. Re- yeah, it kind of was. It fell. It fell through for me. It yeah. wasn't done. I wish they would talk about. I, like. I haven't seen anything talking about why it was Lottie. I agree that not having Travis there is a shame and that it would have been a more satisfying season finale yeah. if they had an interaction right It would have been a more satisfying death. It would have been beautiful. I don't like, understand that why they did that. Circle. Yeah, I really don't understand Her, If we're talking about forgiveness here, forgiveness is a nice idea. Travis and Javi forgiving Natalie. Oh, like, hello. What the fuck? It was sitting right there. The ingredients were right there. I know. It's that, weird. I, that's what makes me think, okay, so they did this on purpose, what, but it still doesn't make any sense for why, what could it lead to. This is to. why fan fiction exists. <sighs> Go write it. <laughs> I have no interest in writing this show. I feel like it wasn't, also this might be part of a deleted scene we did not see, but it wasn't really made clear of like, was Natalie really in it the whole time to heal when she was at Lottie's place? Or once, remember when she's like, she's getting psychotic, like she's getting homicidal, or I forget what she term she uses, but she's obviously like, you guys, why are you feeding into this? She's getting very dangerous. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, was she faking the whole time and just waiting to get everybody there and like get 
Lottie committed again or to find something out or was she really healing and then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, Lottie took it too far again. You know what I mean? But then she joined in on the hunt. Right. They didn't really make that clear. It was very wishy-washy also. Like it didn't really make much sense to me. Um, I agree. But I want to believe she was actually healing because of all of her interactions with... Yeah, um, and, like, with Lisa and Lisa. stuff. Like, there's obviously some of it that did sink in, but it was, like, did she have a bigger... Was there a bigger plan to, to begin with, though? Like, her staying there and being like, Missy, no, I'm trying to figure things out here. Like, I still feel like there might have initially been a plot to stay there and, you know, bust Lottie out. Like, she thought she was going to with the... every. I found everybody's information, you know. Like, did she ever let go of that? Mm-hmm. Or was she actually just like, oh no, I'm I'm in her cult. It's and nice. Just a lot of dead ends. <sighs> yeah, I feel like she was looking for the answer for um, what's inside of her. Coach, going back to the past, I just want to end on Ben. Um, Coach comes back to the cabin excited about what he's found. He's got new hope and determination, and then he even sees that they found food. Uh, and his face lights up. Look a glimmer in his face. Yeah, a glimmer of hope. His face lights up, and then it quickly collapses when he realizes that Shauna is ca- carving up Javi. You know, he sees the shoes and the neat pile of clothes. And then Natalie comes up to him, and he's like, oh, you know, you can leave with me. You're not like those girls. Like, we can survive the winter together. I found where Javi was hiding. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm even worse than them. I let I let him die in my place. Um and then the next time we see him, he's trying to start a fire by, like... Two rocks. With two rocks. Yeah. Um, he's trying and failing. And then so he goes back later for supplies. This is during the whole, like, uh, ritual with Natalie. And then, like, you know, making Natalie the new leader. I am 98% sure that Ben is the one who burnt the cabin down and locked them all in there. Um, you know, that he, he got the rope. He got the, the matches. He saw this happening. Um... Ben's got that dog in him. Um, you know, he's doing what he has to do to survive because he's the weakest link, and if that's what they're doing now, they're hunting people. Like, he's next on the menu. So, okay, let's burn these girls down, like, me or them. And he has a place to live. And he's got... Uh, it makes absolutely no sense! If So, okay, hold on. If Ben didn't start the fire, then who or what did? Like, could there be somebody else out there with him? Is this the Javi's friend that... Um, that we have been hinted at. My problem is, I get that if they're making, if they wrote it for Ben to do it, okay, I can accept it. I had a really hard time the first watch. I was like, no, this is not fucking right. But my problem is, it's just not consistent with the character writing. Like, he was the only adult out there. For two fucking seasons, we see that he still has this weight of, like, shit, I'm the only adult. Even though he can't help them anyway, he's, like, has one leg, couldn't help with the birth, can't help with any of this shit, can't hunt. But he's, we see that he's still the adult. He's the coach. And it seemed like he kind of snapped back into that role when Misty begged him not to kill himself. Right. And then, and even, you know, he's telling Natalie to come with him. I get that they're trying to make it look like, oh, well, now Natalie's in power. He ain't trusted her. But you would think that if they're going to be hunting, he would know, oh, good. Well, now Natalie's in charge, so it's not going to be me they're going to eat. It makes no fucking sense to kill them at all. It makes no sense. And he could reason with Natalie. Exactly. So now you're friends with But then he has this conversation with Natalie where she says he doesn't belong out here. So maybe, like, all hope is fully lost if he sees Natalie... 
because Natalie, Natalie, maybe, you know, maybe like that, like hope for Natalie being the rational one is just gone because he, he had that conversation with Natalie and then he sees Natalie, I don't know. Getting bowed to and everything. I think there could have been a conversation before he did it. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe they want us to think he did it. I'm, yeah. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen um, next season. Is it going to be Ben versus everybody? Are, is, does Natalie know? Because Natalie has this look on her face that... I think the shot of them all like watching the cabin burn is super goofy. Like they don't cut enough, so they're all just like making like the same face. And Lottie, <laughs> Lottie is laughing because Lottie never liked the cabin, so that I like. But Natalie just like has this like grimace on her face that doesn't move. So I'm wondering if that's her thinking. Like, um, coach did this. I know it was coach. I'm gonna get him back. Or if it's just like the horror of watching the cabin burn or whatever. Right. So is Natalie going to be protecting Coach next season? Are they going to be hunting Coach next season? Is Coach going to meet other people? I really, really hope that this is more than just they're going to kill Coach for revenge because I think he's such an interesting character yeah. and such an interesting antagonist for them um, out there. Or I, foil. I wouldn't even say antagonist. I would say a foil. He's an interesting foil for them out there, and I think it would be a waste to just kill him next. Well, I do think, you know, where we get that quote of, oh, well, if it wasn't for Natalie, we wouldn't have survived that first winter. I think this is where that's going to finally come into play. Because she's going to keep them warm and alive. Yes, Natalie's the only one who knows where the underground place is. Because mm-hmm. Coach asked her exactly which tree was it, so she's going to draw those dots of, like, okay, Coach was asking about this exact tree. It's where Javi was. She initially thought Javi was just praying to the tree, not realizing there's a whole fucking underground thing. Coach came back and told her there's underground. So she's going to ha- have to take them there. You know what I mean? How else are they going to survive that winter? What's going to so, happen with Ben yeah. then? Is he going to, like, carve a peg leg out of wood, out of tree, like... <laughs> What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Surviving. <laughs> he has to have more than just crutches. Like, I mean, he's was able to get in and out of the tunnels. It'd be interesting if he could make himself some sort of like makeshift leg. Uh, what like that'd a, be great. That'd be super cool. That's what they did back in the day before they had all the technology we have now. You just need to like Pirates. hollow out, hollow out a tree and like plop it on the stump. Yeah, peg legs, man. It's very go dig up his yeah. other shoe from the bones of. The grave where his leg is buried. <laughs> Should have just saved that and ate that. But they weren't hungry then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Therapy. Uh, we'll see what fucking happens next season, but uh, let's hear about cannibalism. Okay. Let's do it. I'm so excited for this part. I'm going to talk about. Wait, don't you have to do my intro? Oh, yeah. Na 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 na. Therapy with Abby. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the psychology of cannibalism. I thought I would just tie it and wrap it up at the end because this is such a cannibalism-focused episode. (laughs) So um, I did a little research about the history of cannibalism and and if there's any psychology research on it. Okay. Um, And there was not much because... (laughs) There is history, there's histories of cannibalism and what people have needed to do to survive and how they've resorted to cannibalism. That's not in the psychology research. The, the only thing in the psychology research is um, cannibalism and its links to, like, psychopathy. Like, people who are, like, serial killers. Right, the serial killers who like eat. Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Um, like exactly. Bundy. Exactly. And Dahmer. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So... 
really there's nothing out there, but I'm making some kind of, um, I'm theorizing about it based on what's in this show because this really hasn't been done before. From I haven't seen anything that gets into what's going on behind a character who is engaging in this um, act. So, um, so as we've like discussed th- throughout the season, we know that like they're doing this for survival, which is like the biggest motive, you know, in all species is okay. Just, just how do we survive? Is there... <coughs> it's all good. Um, so, if we're assuming that they're doing the best they can do under their very specific circumstances and extreme circumstances, then I get the feeling that we would all be doing this if we were them. Mm-hmm. Um, one interesting thing I saw online is um, there's this thing called homicidal cannibalism where it was actually illegal to engage in cannibalism if it was homicidal. In some kind of place, I can't remember where, some kind of industrialized nation. If you killed in order to eat, that is illegal. Um, But in other circumstances, not. So the question is, is this wilderness choosing homicide? Like, is that actually murder or not? Or just survival. Or just survival. So I think, like, in order... uh, So I think... In order for the Yellow Jackets on this show to engage in cannibalism, I think like a layer of guilt has to be removed. Um, so I think drawing the cards is a way to randomize the choice. Mm-hmm. I think hunting is a way to put the act even further out of their supposed control. So like the wilderness is chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like these like routines or ceremonies, rituals, don't fully remove the shame and guilt. Like we see everyone's guilt. Especially Natalie's after Hobby died, and um, who else had guilt? Everybody. <laughs> um, Taisa had it bad the first time after Jackie. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. like conscious. Yeah, um, but it just helps them to live with the guilt. Yeah, um, but deep down, everyone knows there's no other way. So that's kind of why I am going with the theory that it's not supernatural. It's not an entity because I can't imagine a world in which a group of people might come up with these rituals to make themselves feel better about the fact um, that they're having to eat other people. But I guess my question then to each of you is, would you do any different? Would I do any different? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure... If I was there, I would participate, but um, I'm not sure if I was in charge, if I would create the same rituals. What would your rituals be? I don't know. But that's hard. I have a question. I've never been that starving. (laughs) I think it's a very fair way to do it way to do things it's better than like oh like if it was like who's bringing the most to the table like they should have killed coach a long time ago and <laughs> ate his ass because he you know what i mean like just 
process of elimination, like strongest survival, whatever that, like that type of shit. And they're not doing that. They're leaving it to chance and like, or calling it the wilderness or whatever. I, I kind of think it's, think it's fair. It's, I think it's fair. Um, I do think we talked about it last week that certain people should be immune from it. Specifically Natalie, because mm-hmm. Natalie and Travis. Yeah, that hunting. was a good point. That was um, a good point. Because and Shauna. Like, and who's going to cut up your meat if yeah. you go mm-hmm. kill somebody, but none of y'all can handle yeah. it? People who are doing things that nobody else can step up mm-hmm. and do. Natalie, yeah. Shauna, Travis, Misty even. Yeah. Um, I agree. And, you know, Lottie serves as their, like, deity, so Lottie, but... But then it's not fair because then you almost have a class system. Then you'll have people who are the hunted and the superior. You know what I mean? And then you have to teach everybody how to survive so that nobody is of higher value than anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, man. But you can't survive without Natalie, Travis, and Jana. I mean, technically, if you're not hunting anyone, well, yeah, I know, I guess for spring. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. That, what about you? What do you? Oh, would you do anything different? No. I actually think that, like, there's no reason really, other than the fact that cannibalism is very taboo, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a reason that they need to, um... Feel as much shame as they do? Feel as much shame, that they need to mm-hmm. keep everything so much a secret from from everyone, the public, yeah, yeah. about what they've done. Um, I agree. They keep they saying that it gets worse and worse and worse, but... Yeah, it must be some bad shit. Still, also... like, being out there for 19 months and hearing what they did to survive, like, okay, that's what you had to do to survive. I get it. Yeah. You went crazy right. out there. Like, let's get them the help that they need and get them mm-hmm. better. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it's the 90s, right? So... Yeah, you just be labeled as cannibals who survived. You know, like, it, just like the Dahmer party, um, Lake Tahoe. The Donner party. Donner, yeah, sorry. We did this in, like, the first episode. Um, like, that's all we remember them by. We don't remember them by, like, surviving in the wilderness for how long in the snow. Like, we just talk about how to ate each other. They waited for each other to die and then ate whoever died. Yeah. Which seems even more fair. Waiting to see yeah. who dies. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Like they weren't ritualistically killing each other. Yeah, okay, who's gonna no. die of starvation first? You're mm-hmm. dead. Okay, let's eat. Like, and then you survive a little bit longer. I think mm-hmm. they started losing limbs first too because of the frostbite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cut off limbs. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying, Coach. Just start. Don't cut off his other leg. Cut off someone else's leg. Cut off I Mari's guess. leg. What's Mari doing? She just stirs the pot. She just cooks the food. <laughs> They're dying at too slow. That's funny. Not, not Mari is the pot stirrer. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. You are right. <laughs> so email us your thoughts at waitwhatbuzz at gmail.com. Um, we may or may not have a bonus wrap-up episode if we get enough emails. Um, oh, that'd be cute. Yeah. Um, or tell us what to do podcasts on next. Yeah. Because- Tell, write us and tell us what other shows you would want covered. Um, we're talking about that now. We're going to take a couple weeks off and rest. Um, but what do you need a podcast on? Yeah. <laughs> We've got some ideas. We're talking about some movies, um, themes, and television, film, uh, true, true crime, and history. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And it's going forward, it's going to mostly be me and Allie, but Abby will be joining us from time to time. Abby's just got that busy life, yo. Um 
yeah, we love her. She'll be back. We'll be back. And yeah, uh, this fucking show, yo. Buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz. buzz.